and welcome to episode three of Grapple's WrestleMania weekend coverage. JP, we're almost there. Grapple Mania is almost over. Um, mm. We've pretty much made it, mate. Oh, yeah, but by God, it, <laughs> it feels broken. tough today. I, oh. I feel kind of broken, and I think it's probably because I had to do a couple of other things outside of watch, watch <laughs> wrestling today, and that was it was very much like hard work. This, well, one of them po- definitely was horrible. But, yeah. This this podcast kind of become more like a, I don't know, an analysis of our mental states rather than actually, it is, isn't actually it? the weekend. Um, yeah, right. What, 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 you, what have you actually been up to, JP? Well, I had to do things like shopping, so I had to go out with my kids this morning. Um, you know, while it was relatively nice, just sort of go, let's go out and do some stuff before I lock myself away and watch Joe Janela's Spring Break Part <laughs> 2 later on this afternoon. And oh. then I watched, and you'd been happy about this, I watched uh, Everton Arsenal. Oh, um, sorry, mate. For some reason, Everton have decided to turn up at this stage of the season. Yeah. It literally does not matter. Uh, uh, no clean no arguments and all over the route. Yeah, no arguments over the result. I thought Everton were superb, but Arsenal, <laughs> oh my god, they were awful. It was, it was, it was a bit of a chastening day, oh. but yeah, well done. Well, to so, be honest, with you, I, I was thinking, I watched that and I went, I've got the WrestleMania to look forward to after this. Great. <laughs> oh, to be honest, mate, I, I kind of, I got out of bed while that match was already happening. Like we're mm. gonna have another uh, call from uh, from Joe in New York today, and that all that all happened while I was asleep. Uh, you guys yep. messaged me, or oh, I just yeah, no idea it was even happening. I was up to late Percy JP uh, watching oh. Joey Dallas Spring Break two. Uh, I think I was the last Brit standing. Uh, I can't think who else was uh, still online. I'm the only idiot who who likes to sit through and watch these. Oh, I think Galato Dan. I saw he was still online. Uh, couple, I think Bose Johnny was online as well. A couple of the Irish lads, uh, but yeah, it was like. I am actually in a good mood today. I'm feeling good. I got up. I got. I think the sign of my the biggest sign of my madness is when I actually did get up at like two in the afternoon, or I think it was actually three. I went. I went out and I kind of. I saw myself in the mirror and realised I was dressed exactly like Orange Cassidy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm already ginger. I had a white t-shirt on and sunglasses on, and I've done that entirely subconsciously. Like people might be thinking, I'm doing a bit. I'm not doing a bit. I've just. I think I've just seen a lot of Orange Cassidy, and it's. It's. Give your hands in your brain. pockets. I, I didn't, but uh, I bet, bet. Well, not that I remember anyway. I bet you I did. Uh, yeah, I went for I went for a coffee as well uh, to get myself out the house. I mean, my gym plans kind of fell apart already. But to to get me out of the house, I've been going out and just you know getting a nice coffee, just rather than you know being in the house twenty four hours a day while this is all going on. But I went to I went to the shops and I was like, why why is everywhere closed? And then I realised four o'clock on a Sunday, like yeah. time has ceased to mean anything to me. And I just could, <laughs> it took me a few minutes to go. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I'm yeah. The the rest of the world isn't uh, running on my clock right now. <laughs> uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's hard work, mate. It really is. <laughs> but it's... yeah, uh, it's just, that's it. That's what we do for the listeners, JP. We put we, it is we put the work in. Uh, to be after that, I kind of. Uh, I put the the Orange Cassidy show itself on. I was in an Orange mm. Cassidy mood. That's kind of what I've caught up on today. That was one of the first shows airing last night. But yeah, to tell you our week our weekends going, JP, that was that was airing while we were recording last night. So we're kind of at the moment in the weekend where we're chasing our tails and mm. our recording times keep moving slightly slightly later. Uh, oh yeah, God help us when we do the Mania podcast tomorrow. I reckon it'll be about midnight by the time we do that. But, yeah, yeah. I reckon uh, it'll be at the end of Raw or something. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, but yeah, I imagine to uh, catch up on that this morning uh honestly put me in i think that's why i'm in a good mood like i'm as i've said on this podcast a couple of times the orange cast of the gimmick is great 
like but I, i've seen a lot of that lad this weekend but his show was a lot of fun like they had a chris brooks had a, a seven out of 13 falls match um i don't know if you saw anything about this but it was i like, did it was, it was actually started off with a low blow i think or something along those lines it, it, yeah it was him and uh, logan easton larue not lash larue as a uh, will cooling uh, incorrectly told me on, uh, on was an experience i was gutted when we were well, on air when we worked out it wasn't lash larue i was devastated but yeah it was that was actually kind of what you'd expect with there was lots of like you know the jerry lynn rob van damme roll-up spots um mm-hmm. or super crazy to jerry roll-up spots went through all of those getting a few falls each it was a lot of fun that was good uh there was the all the uh, best friends uh one minute time limit match uh, they went the opposite way. I thought it was going to be a minute of them grabbing pin pinfalls. Instead, they kind of stalled for a minute and then the bell rang. Like without them, they literally <laughs> locked up on the sixty seconds. It was great. And then they did. Uh, there was a five more seconds chance, and then Chuck Taylor got the roll up on Trent, and that was the end of the match. Just, uh, I think it was Trent on Chuck Taylor. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, it was actually a lot of fun. I don't know if it, that's something you're going to uh, try and uh, get in. We are going to maybe yes. do a bit more of a catch up tomorrow for uh, the wrap up episode. I think so. Of the stuff I'm looking to catch up on, um, I'd want to see the DDT show. I want to see the Stardom show, and um, I'd like to see this one. Uh, oh, these yeah. are the ones that are really kind of standing out to me that I'm gonna that I that I need to go out of out of my way to see. It was like yesterday was, I think between Janella and the Ring of Honor New Japan Supercard, they kind of almost they overshadowed so much of the day, didn't they? Mm, oh yeah especially the ring of honor show going so long but yeah i say it's worth it for your time i think jp you'd enjoy teddy hart reading a cat book uh a oh, children's shit. cat book that's literally <laughs> like this spot and the fans are all chanting um holy shit and things like that it's great it really is like <laughs> it, it was surprisingly entertaining uh, otani and gresham had a really good actual solid technical match on that show that i think you'd enjoy mjf was all over it being the being a heel because he wasn't getting picked for the dodgeball match um loads of fun uh on that thing it's uh again maybe it's just a i'm very sleep deprived but it was a roller coaster of emotions that one when it was some of the matches didn't exactly work for me some of the comedy martina session had the match on there with nate webb which wasn't great um but when it hit it was a lot of fun and he, a breeze of a watching you can probably you can probably skip through some of the uh, the lower moments to be honest that sounds good it sounds like a, a ideal thing almost to do in preparation for tonight i'm very very tempted to kind of think oh, i could easily watch that and put me in a good mood before the mm. pre-show panel puts me in the very opposite of a good mood there you go yeah so yeah that kind of that helped with my mood i did the as did the ipw uk drawing 15 people today allegedly yeah um we kind of talked about that on our, our regular spotlight show as a very likely scenario um and it came to pass uh, i don't mm. think i'll be keeping an eye out for that one on vodjp no i don't know if it will it ever make it to vod will it be one of these things that is kind of right we're just not going to talk about this that this thing happens <laughs> and we're not going to mention it and because no one was there to see it kind of like the sex pistols playing in uh in manchester um that you know possibly in years to come lots of people claim oh i was at that ipw show there were 15 people and it will hopefully then attain its own bizarre legend mm. but I, I have a funny feeling that no one's ever going to get to see it it'll be like uh the tom mcgee bret hart of uh unnecessary wrestlemania cards <laughs> hey that thing turned up eventually you know it's uh it yeah was, uh, the mega uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, if people are waiting for us to to review that one, it's uh, it's not happening anytime soon. The uh, the promotion JP that th- on our old podcast threatened us with legal action because I made I made the joke about their previous owners mm-hmm. uh, offered didn't they, they offered us free tickets to uh, to go uh, meet up with them and uh, you know chat it out and have a and go see one of their shows mm-hmm. to see what the real IPW is. You got in touch and then they came back and like yeah, yeah twenty quid each piece of that. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not carrying a personal grudge, but no. it's a little bit funny, are we? How things go? It is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that the main thing we're going to talk about today is probably going to take the majority of our time. Uh, it's Ring of Honor from last night. You mentioned mm-hmm. it then, JP. The one of the longest shows of the weekend. Uh, it won't be as long as WrestleMania, but God, it felt every bit of it. What five, six hours? Six we're hours, have a... nearly. Yeah. Joe on and a bit to talk about the live experience there. It's just we were sort of saying to you on the night, JP, there's so many talking points in this thing. God help us oh. keeping this podcast down to an hour, but wow. Uh it was kind of a a great demo of the the good, the bad, and the ugly of the uh, the Ring of Honor New Japan relationship. It really was, wasn't it? It felt like it was a perfect encapsulation to a certain degree of where the companies are, particularly with how they're dealing in the States, where there's the stuff that you kind of want to be, you know, on the New Japan side that from a from a the big match perspective, I think they generally kind of delivered. But particularly Ring of Honor, it felt like it was like a real fascinating in fascinating insight. I think perhaps for a lot of people who wouldn't normally be watching Ring of Honor where they are because they weren't up against takeover it wasn't like last year when they had the show with kenny and cody up against takeover here there was a night where there was kind of a tension on them and by god it feels like a lot of chickens have come home to roost for ring of mm. honor yeah they uh you've joked before and i've, I've even stolen you mm. i think joe does, does as well uh ring of honor are kidding themselves if they think they've uh they're the ones who sold this place out because uh, <laughs> based on that evidence my God, I mean, that's a, I mean, we could start with a positive. I yeah, mean, I would say. I mean, I suppose it's an ROH match. It's for the ROH TV title. Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay was a great opener. I was kind of yep encouraged by that. I thought we might. I didn't see the uh, the pre show uh, Rambo, which uh, probably uh, would have maybe uh, dampened my expectations. The there were signs ju- signs during that that was like. Mm. I'm a I'm a bit wary. <laughs> was it the juxtaposition between the uh, the New Japan New Japan side and the uh, the Kenny Kings of the world on the Ring of Honor side? Oh, absolutely! Like mm. uh, Will Ferrara, uh, Beer City Bruiser, and Crusher Milo- Minolas. I think that's mm. his name. It was it, the level of depth between them. It did feel like um, it was like a, an international sides football squad just being like padded out with some League One players. Champ- <laughs> level at best and there's a good few Premier League players you're thinking yeah you're going to have to carry the brunt of this because I think you know it, thinking of the person who, who got the kind of worst reaction from the New Japan side I think that was Yoshihashi and I think that's just a general aversion lots of people have to Yoshihashi mm-hmm. um, everyone there had like sort of real presence the crowd kind of popped for them but silence for a lot of them I mean it was the depth, and I actually have to say, and it'll be the first of many comments about Delirious during this, I was quite angry when he came out this rumble because I just thought, you, there is some shit you should be answering some serious questions about. You don't have time for dicking about in a rumble. <laughs> You're quite fancy to get to tangle with Muta. It's like, no, 
there's like <laughs> there, there's a there's a dereliction of responsibility thing going on here. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't think it's all him. I think there's there's other candidates that we could talk about when we get to the <laughs> the really terrible segments. But yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting that he got himself out there to uh, take his bow. And then, sorry, to finish off on the rumble, it was like first of all, Suzuki came out and his music was dubbed. They dubbed Kazanina mm. Ray, which feels like a slap in the face, really, to him and wrestling fans. And I can't understand why that's the case. And I got a very bad vibe at that point and thought, this is like, at that point, it's like the confirmation that this is probably going to end up being a sort of Ring of Honor um, production as opposed to a New Japan production, because there were slight camera issues during this as well. Mm. Um, and and it was it was a bit all over the place. It didn't have the tightness of direction that a New Japan show has. And at the end of it all, you've got Kenny King winning it <laughs> from out of nowhere. And you've got Muta and Liger in there. And you think, I don't care who wins this between these two. I'm perfectly fine either way. Kenny King. <laughs> yeah, that kind of sums up uh, Ring of Honor 2019. Uh, yeah, I I didn't see that. I'm kind of glad I didn't see that now. The show was long enough without it. Uh, like I say, my, my night kind of started off on a much more positive note. That Jeff Cobb will ask pretty much. Mm. Don't want to get it lost in the conversation. That was great. Solid four-star match I gave on Grapple. Uh, but it was what this show should be about, isn't it? It was a pure athletic contest that had fit into any of the, the great areas of Ring of Honor. Uh uh, that's what that's again. That's what this show should be. That's what Ring of Honor should be. But unfortunately, it was uh, it was followed with even more tripe. Yeah, I mean, just to say about, and I don't. And you're right. You know, we shouldn't be overlooking sort of Cobb Osprey, particularly because I mean, with Jeff Cobb, he's got that propensity to have those really good matches when he's in there with other good wrestlers, and in this case, an excellent wrestler in Osprey. Um, I'm kind of happy that Osprey doesn't have the never heavyweight belt. I'm perfectly fine with that, particularly if it can lead to something, perhaps an intercontinental match, you know, with Kota Ibushi. That would be something I could definitely, I could definitely go in for, and you know, gives Jeff Cobb a bit of traction in Japan. And mm. so I was, I was fine with it. And Tour of the Islands always looks great, and particularly when he did it, you know, did did the second one afterwards because he knew that's what he needed to beat him. You know, Osprey looked so pumped to be out in Madison Square Gardens, and I think. This match, simply because of its placement on the card, comes out feeling so like you, even at the thought of it, I'm like, oh, that was a really good match. Really enjoyed that, and that brings out the kind of nice side of it. Which then afterwards, it was like not necessarily with the next match, but there was like a long trajectory down from that point. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Rush, Rush Dalton Castle was a. 10 15 second match mm-hmm. uh, that came after it fine with that i mean dalton mm-hmm. castle's someone i'm not particularly high on anymore um i think he came back from injury too soon and he just he hasn't looked like the same wrestler makes sense to turn him heel makes sense to get rush over by having him win quickly that i guess yep. that, probably yeah you're right don't want to lump that in with the with the bad stuff that was to come mm. as far as booking for ring of honor goes uh some spot smart booking there but yeah jp it was kind of it was followed with the uh with the real uh, tripe oh, wow. that uh, that kind of really, really dragged this card down. A, a one-two combo of Kelly Klein and uh, Mayu Iwatani and uh, whatever that Bully Ray uh, match was. Uh, this was the the beginning of the uh, the slide downhill on the show. Uh, it really was. Um, this, the women's match, the Women of Honor match, was awful. 
It was absolutely horrendous. Um, mm. Kelly Klein is bad. She's mm. really, really bad. Um, I don't watch enough. Like I said, I'm, I'm planning on watching Stardom, but I don't watch enough Joshi. It's just not really enough time. A lot of people whose opinions I respect and know a lot about Joshi say wonderful things about my my Iwatani to suggest perhaps this isn't her. This is her not being able to carry someone who just shouldn't be in there. And the fact now that Kelly Klein is the champion and, you know, where it went afterwards in terms of of um, uh, the angle, it was absolutely horrendous. Oh, I thought you'd be well into it, JP, the beautiful people. It's TNA legends. Uh, I was going to, I promised everyone on Twitter I was going to grill you and get your uh, your fondest beautiful people <laughs> right. memories out. I thought you'd be marking out. Ten, ten years ago. It would have been like I would have said, "Let them pigeons said, loose." Okay, oh, exactly. Uh, to to my shame. Um, yeah, ten years ago, it would have been a very <laughs> different reaction. The idea that Ring of Honor are going to copy a TNA angle from ten years ago, and it's not like it's the great TNA angle. It's not like they're, I don't know, copying the template for. Um, I don't know, Monty Brown's rise. I don't know why that's coming to my mind. That's a weird thought. You know, it, <laughs> what are your fondest it, memories? That JP? It was, it was everything. It it was like a regression in. It, they might as well just call it the Divas of Honor because it was a regression into that kind of wrestling and booking. And the genie's out of the bottle, so it felt so poor and so ill judged, and the audience just didn't care. <laughs> and what's amazing is that on any other night, that would be by far and away the kind of worst <laughs> move that Ring of Honor could make. But oh no, 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 no. They had other stuff in preparation for us. I mean, did you hear that Belter said that apparently they, they booked uh, the beautiful people to come in because the Madison Rain requested it and then she left mm. anyway? Brilliant, just brilliant. Uh, that's TNA stuff. That's the kind of shit that Dixie Carter would do. <laughs> that's it, it really yeah. is. It's like, uh, what's going on? Uh, but it went from that. I mean, again, the, like, don't let it be lost in the conversation. This is Ring of Honor's biggest uh, shot yeah. window of all time. They're at Madison Square Garden, and they follow that with. And I mean, the, the segment felt like it went about half an hour. Then they followed it with like what felt like another half an hour of a Bully Ray open challenge thing with <sighs> Juice Robinson allegedly being injured and Flip Gordon coming out, which was a nice moment. But uh, yeah. don't forget seg- Mega Ran before that. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, oh yeah, the Mega Ran was Mega Ran before that. Yeah, oh, that was terrible too. That that was just a bad call of what your audience wants here on this on this great stage. Yeah, send him out there to do a rap to do. Yeah, that was the beginning, wasn't it, of the long Bully Ray segments? Do that. Uh, basically turn it into a ring of honor house. Turn it once you know those house shows that they put on on honor club. That's mm-hmm. kind of what this that all, the whole thing felt like. It was just a mess with you know Shane Taylor coming out and apparently according to WH Park, the uh, the Japanese commentators on the New Japan World thought Shane Taylor was Devon Dudley. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the Japanese would be thinking because you know this was all happening with Ishii, you know Minoru Suzuki, wrestlers like that left on the pre-show. Yeah. Just. The completion of an absolute hour of just awful, awful professional wrestling. Yeah, it really was. I mean, if you think about the the Rouge Bandido match, I think on Grapple, I don't think I gave anything over one star on these wow. three matches. And I think I went 0.75 on Kelly Klein, my Iwatani, because it was a professional, mess, a professional wrestling match that happened and I saw it. 
that's primarily how he gets that rating. This, what was so odd about this in terms the of power into it? Oh, yeah. Although I would say, you know, Joe's thoughts, particularly on the, uh, a particular person who was sat with him um, throughout all of this and their opinions on it, meant that, you know, this was a this was a strange atmosphere. Uh, mm. But it was weird because they had so originally, I think, was it going to be Flip Gordon, and then they turned it into an open challenge? I think and Juice then, Robinson, and then they and turned it into an open challenge. Yeah. And then it was going to be Juice, and then it was going to be. Oh, Juice. that's right. Yeah, yeah. And they attack Juice, but then. In this, so he, he comes out, does that thing with Mega Run, which people are absolutely loathing, and it's a shocking song. It really is. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, and then they get, sorry, uh, and then they get from from that to, um, uh, who is it who came, comes out to challenge him, to challenge, but it, it Flip then comes out, and you're like, oh, okay, so he is fit enough to do it. Which makes you think, all right, was it just up in the air the whole time? So why even bother with the Juice Robinson stuff? Then you say Shane Taylor, Silas Young come out, to which then Lifeblood come out. And, oh, what a, what a stable that is. And Juice is perfectly fine selling none of the effects of being attacked earlier on. And it was just like, this is, at this point, I thought, Russo's got the book. That's what, that, that's what they've done. It's, it really has. Oh, I honestly thought when the Lifeblood music hit that Taz was coming out. And I wonder if anyone else in MSG thought that as well with the uh, beep, beep. And then it was Mark Haskins. Wouldn't it, to him him appearing against Angle? Uh, great that Haskins got his moment though at least there's that positive um, there yeah, is I mean I, I will I mean I do want to stress it does sound like uh, you know, the crowd did react to all this stuff it didn't sound like it was as hard to watch as, as it was on the VOD for mm. the likes of us but yeah no not a great hour of wrestling you mentioned there it was followed by Dragon Lee Bandido and uh, Anishikori mm. I really enjoyed that I thought it was a great yes. nutty that, that things picked up again that was like a nutty kind of three-way match with that I think the the best spot of the match was that uh, that two man fall away slam, uh, where I think it was Bandido almost landed right on his head. Uh, that was fun. Uh, great to see Dragon Lee go over. Shame Hiromu didn't turn up, but mm-hmm. you know we got a bit of a again. Th- this was kind of the story. This so like massive, massive troughs, and then you get little peaks like this. You know, it's, yeah, it's an emotional roller coaster of a journey, JP. Basically, any time there was some strong new japan influence it felt like the the show picked up mm. and in this case because it was the um the iwgp junior title they had they had the japanese announcer which i was thinking i oh, and he needs to be a copper box it would be awesome to hear him at copper box as well but the way they did um uh the entrances itself the only thing i would say about this match is it was very short it mm. was but it was like a really badly badly needed um uplifting point in the show i needed this after sitting through this i was tired at this stage and having sat through um the whole ring of honor section uh, at that point i was just like what the hell is this mm, but so yeah really really good match um dragon lee looks like he was really on it as well um and i think the hiromi stuff leave it for japan the, yeah. the, the reaction there will be incredible there'll be people in tears and him and Dragon Lee to have him come out and challenge him there, possibly at the end of uh, Best of the Super Juniors in May, seems like a, a good natural time to do that. Agreed. Um, yeah, I went uh, four stars on that one. Mm. Uh, um, uh, no, 3.75. I went. Uh, that's what I grapple up. That's yeah. about fair, isn't it? But it was. Yeah. I think I maybe went. I went higher than than I probably would have in any other occasion, just because it was following a, a couple of one star matches. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that was fun. 
We went from, again, peaks and troughs. We yeah. went from that to the multi-tag uh, with, you know, we got that, that new Gorillas of Destiny entrance. Oh, uh, it's a much better than, It's a great theme. It's just a shame they're still shite. Uh, yeah. But, you know, good theme. Got some great PCO's entrance was great. Yep. That man took some ridiculous bumps. Oh. Power bomb to the outside. That uh, the the senton he keeps missing on the apron. He actually hit it on Mark Briscoe, and I thought Mark Briscoe's face was going to explode. Mm. Uh, that stuff was all good, but again, it was uh, it was followed by another drop. Yeah. Um, how do you expect? At the time, there was very clearly there was something that was that was going on because there was this whole stuff with i think was it the stuff with tori yarn who's stealing the iwgp but belt so he was going up the stage so they had god looking um after him and then at that point there are two people and i want to ask you about this <laughs> it's so it's so many things i want to ask you about it <laughs> you've got you're thinking all right we need a buzz we need to get we need to get people in who are going to get an immediate reaction and um, they decided to do a worked shoot angle with uh, Enzo and Big Cass mm. coming over the railings. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> and it was clearly, clearly, clearly a work. Like, it, it, it was eventually. I mean, there were some people really slow on the uptake. Like, I think there's even people today still complaining. Maybe, maybe not that far, but there were still people like well into the into the angle thinking it was still a shoot. I mean, when they initially didn't shoot it. Uh, and there was clearly something mm-hmm. going on, and then it was Enzo Amore. I mean, with the with the um, WWE Hall of Fame story, you know, the fact that Bret Hart got got jumped by a yeah. fan. With that in everyone's brain, uh, it was believable. Especially being Enzo, it was believable. Enzo would be like stupid, but as soon as they went to the commentators and they were making a real point and not talking about it, despite the fact it was the camera shot was making sure you could see yeah. Enzo and Cass in the background, and you Cass could see Shakur. Yeah, cast does stand up, and security aren't doing anything. They're just letting them stand there. Uh, I mean, that if that didn't give it away, I don't know. Maybe the Ring of Honor uh, retweeting people, tweeting about it, probably should have given uh, people a tip. Um, I did think, you know, in some ways, I think people were getting angry. I-, I was following this along on Twitter, and I felt like some people were getting angry just because they got worked in those initial few seconds. Mm. Um, but even even then, you know, even if you can Ring of Honor or. I believe Bully Ray's the brainchild behind a lot of this type of stuff. Uh, maybe that's just rumor and conjecture, but you know, we really? people like that who, yeah. Well, that's it what I mean when you were saying about blaming, blaming Delirious. Uh, I, I believe he's got a bit of power in Ring of Honor these days, and I believe is it because he's a veteran? Of... That is, he's, I'm assuming this is the logic behind it. <laughs> he's a loudmouth. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, people listen to him. Um... I mean, in that case, stop, why isn't Brian Robson being hired for massive jobs? <laughs> big clubs he's a veteran he's been around for ages he's seen some <laughs> shit like what well, really it's is because that seems to be it's like well he was around in the attitude era so eh. well he's got that attitude era head on hasn't he if it's him or if it's someone else's idea you know you you have you managed to work people for 30 seconds until people kind of started to work out what had happened but that's just you know there's no money in that because by the time you, you put a match together you know, everyone's got, every, by the time Enzo and Cass start wrestling on shows, no one's going to mm-hmm. buy it at that point, are So, what have you really gained? Um, just you mentioned before TNA level, and that's yeah. what this was. This was the darkest depths of LOL TNA level. Like, there is no value in Enzo and, and Enzo and Big Cass. Maybe there is to a, a certain broad fan, but a Ring of Honor 
They're trying to occupy the same spaces as All Elite are going to be looking to, to occupy. Ring of Honor, who've allegedly sold out Ring of um, Madison Square Garden on the backs um, of the Elite and the backs of New Japan. Mm. It's such, such a bad fit. It's an awful fit. I was going to ask you this question. I mean, what has Ring of Honor become at mm. this point? And for me, it's it's it was the night it became sports entertainment. Like it felt that way tonight. It was like all of the things of the history. It wasn't that long ago they had the seventeenth anniversary, and I think seventeenth anniversary. I mean, for you in particular, you're thinking, Jesus, all of the the shows and what the company was built on and how it how it kind of came about. That early ethos of Ring of Honor being a place where it was about professional wrestling and you know the honor of wrestling, and all of that appeared to entirely just dissipate in one mm. night for me and there is so many issues with them at this point if they think enzo and big Cass are a <laughs> it just the whole thing entirely everything about it just reeks of desperations we've said mm. this before and um several times that you know they signed people out of desperation and mm. occasionally they're going to do okay. So in the case of a Roosh and a Bandido, there clearly is obviously some value to them that's there. A lot of the other people they've signed, they're completely mismanaging and just sort of putting into, putting out there. I'm thinking of it like in, in football terms again. Sorry to always come back to this. You're just playing players completely out of position. So you're mm. never going to get the best of them. So you have the group like Lifeblood, which, you know, it renders all of them meaningless because they don't have any distinctive personality or reasons to exist together. And, you know, it, it's coming back to the idea of this is going to get a buzz on social media, and as a result, people are going to do this. And it's this kind of thinking that ended up with David Arquette becoming WCW champion. Like, <laughs> it is. It's that path. It's that kind of logic of they're going to get a reaction. It's like, yeah, and eventually they're going to wrestle, and it's going to be bloody awful. And by all accounts, Cass looks like he's out of shape, which... You know, it, it that just suggests you. You see those kind of people when they go out on the on the indie scene, and um, you see the likes of Cody who kind of really threw himself into it, and then you see the likes of a Ryback where he might get charged, he might charge an absolute fortune, but really you're getting very little value out of him. And they've decided, you know, in signing Enzo and Big Cass, that this is the route they're going to go down. Mm. Yeah, tragedy. They very clearly set the stall out as to this was this is what Ring of Honor is again, which just you know you can you can trust that with what New Japan are trying to put on this card. Like this is my biggest problem with this entire thing because what we should be talking about is it, it was followed <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. and Hiroshi Tanahashi and yep. Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito. I mean those were two very good matches, but yep. Zack Sabre and Tanahashi took place within a vacuum because. Everybody, it felt like, and we got the report from Joe, and we'll uh, talk to him in a few minutes. You know, everyone in the arena is on the phones trying to work out whether it's a shoot or a work. I'm at home on Twitter, kind of, you know, enjoying the, the just the the meltdown on Twitter and the back and forth on mm. it's a shoot or a work, and just the distraction of just how bad it was because it was clearly a work and it was such a bad thing to book that it did feel like, I mean, Zack Sabre and Tanahashi, I've got to admit, I'll have to go back and watch again. Mm. 15 minute, very good match that just, what you don't lead into Hiroshi Tanahashi in Madison Square Garden with an Enzo Amore angle. Yeah. You have, an, you have a Hiroshi Tanahashi in MSG entrance being overshadowed by uh, yeah, by a, an angle with Enzo and Big Cass. 
I mean, that's actually, again, it's insulting. Mm. It really is. To kind of know, look, this is going to be the reaction to it. Even if you do it and it's successful, it's going to take away from what the next match is going to be. So why would you have that there? Um, it it was it was awful um, for that. Uh, and yeah, like you say with this match, um, like you watching it in a vacuum. From what I watched of it, it was it was very good, hmm. um, clearly, but it didn't have the engagement from the crowd, and that has an obvious effect on you watching the match and trying to sort of take it on board. I was surprised Zach going over as cleanly and as strongly as he did. I mean, it's a hmm. good sign. But I was a bit shocked. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the thing is, were we really going to get Tanahashi to have been cockpit shows like some wished for? I mean, oh. <laughs> you might have got him on, you know, big York call. So I, mean, I don't think you want to wrap another uh, Rev Pro title up in a, in a no. New Japan full-time guy. Um, although, you know, Zack Sabre is, but, you know, he's got to be naturally around more being a mm. British guy. Uh, I could understand it from that point of view, but yeah, you know, maybe you know the the way it kind of happened and the fact that they're confident enough to book Zack in mm-hmm. in a big match like this with the Tanahashi and you know give Tanahashi the loss. I think that says something about you know again the fact that the you know Andy Quilden's out there and the yeah. Rev Pro British title is a featured prominently yeah yeah on a big show like this that says something about that relationship as well. So yeah, plenty to be to think positive about there. And again, I don't want it to get lost in the conversation. That was a solid match. Uh, it was followed by Kota Ibushi and uh, Tetsuya Naito, <laughs> which was, again, another really good match. I mean, yep. they went out there, maybe. <laughs> I, don't I, I doubt it had anything to do with the what had came before them, but they went out there with a with a death wish. I think you can, you'd get that with these two no matter what. Yeah. You know, I mean, Takota Ibushi will land on his neck from a drop toe hold. He's not arsed. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of what the, the nutters these two. You get them in there together, they're bad enough themselves, but something about the two of them being out there together, they're going to they're gonna just do something silly, it feels mm. like, at any moment. And yeah, that that was, you know, I think probably, you know, the match of the weekend, uh, as far as, you know, from a pure mm. wrestling point of view. I don't think it's been top. There might be a thing... Daft things like on Janela's shows, I've maybe enjoyed a touch more, but as far as matches go, yeah, probably the strongest of the weekend. I went four stars on Zach and, and Tanahashi, um, mm-hmm. and I went 4.25 on this. Um, really, really strong match, I thought. Yeah, really strong match. Better than the New Japan Cup match they had um, in the first round that we had seen um, that they sort had together. Partly because, I mean, yeah, it was... as. As you say, they they do have a death wish, these two lads, inexplicably. At the age of 36, they're trying to kill each other. I also say as well about the the video package they did for it, because it was like a proper mm. New Japan package. We found out who the narrator is, Baron Yamazaki. So if it, for me, immediately, I was kind of a lot more invested after seeing the kind of package they'd done with, with these two as well. Felt like a big title match. Um, it it was as it was certainly match of the night on this show. Um, mm. And it was, it was a really big moment, a moment um, for Ibushi winning his title. I was really surprised they'd done that actually. If only because you kind of expected that to be a moment that they again would have perhaps done in Japan. But um, the fact they didn't was good. It kind of, I think it helped establish the show as being an event, a major event show, certainly from the new Japan side that mm. it had something sort of really substantial happening to it. Um, I'd love to see another, and I think we we are going to see it, um, another sort of series with these two, because I think there's a lot they can do, certainly from a storyline perspective. I just wish 
they really wouldn't kill each other. The the suplex, um, where I think it was it was uh, was it Naito landed on his head. It was the, mm. the straight the German over the top rope. Mm. I I I can't. I'm I struggle to see that. I really do struggle to see. <laughs> I struggle to watch those moments. Mm. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah, certainly match of the night. I don't know if it'd be my personal match of the weekend, but it would be mm. up there. Certainly up there in the conversation. Definitely, yeah. Definitely the one as far as, you know, the show goes. As, you know, there are other strong matches on the show, but it's the one I probably most strongly uh, recommend people to, to mm-hmm. go check out. Um, but again, it was kind of followed by a, a, another weird one-two combo. Uh, <laughs> the two the two big title matches, JP. It was uh, it was Madison Square Taven. Uh, Matt Taven, Jay Lethal, Marty Scurvy. Ah. And the, the Ring of Honor title match that genuinely, like, I'm not just saying this to do shtick, I genuinely kept forgetting it was for the world title. It felt like to me the entire way through, I think in my brain, I'm thinking, this is for the TV title. It's fine. Matt Haven's won the ROH TV title. No, he hasn't. He's won the Ring of Honor world title. Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, Homicide, Loki, Mar- maybe not Morishima, Naja McGuinness, Matt Haven. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know if I've ever seen a, a sub three star ladder match, but. We got it, and my God, I mean, you were fast asleep by this point. Yes, JP, but yeah. My God, was it long as well? Uh, um, just, it's just a weird match. Uh, it felt long this morning. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I mean, we said this um, in terms of the uh, Johnny Gagana Adam Cole match. In terms of the the difference that can be if you're watching a match in the morning, this was still long. This was still dull. It wasn't any different from any other ladder matches I've seen. Um, according to Joe, I mean, this was a, a crowd that hated Taven, mm. absolutely hated Taven. Was it at this point? I remember seeing in the in the group chat that Joe was nodding off. Is that right? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, and if you're nodding off in a, in a ladder match, I think that says everything. I mean, I think the crowd were, did feel like watching on the VOD, like they were paying attention when you know uh, Scale would do a taunt and they'd, they'd be into that and. Taven definitely got booze at points. You wonder whether it's it's X Pac heat or it's real heat. I mean, I do know people who watch the Ring of Honor TV who, who think that Taven's doing a good job. Um, I, I mean, I don't watch it every week, so maybe maybe that's my problem. I mean, but there's a reason I don't watch it every week because it features mm-hmm. Matt Taven. Uh, but you know, just it, it yeah, just it, we brought it before. It just reminds me of the times they in ECW when they put the belt on like Steve Carino. Mm. stuff like that it's just like it's oh, Steve this... Carino was alright I didn't mind Steve Carino oh compared to all of this he's he's alright <laughs> compared to this he's fucking Harley Race so <laughs> oh yeah it just yeah it's Ring of Honor again it felt like every decision they had power over on the show they made a bad decision yep like surely I mean you haven't got long on Marty's contract but as far mm. as guys that are over with this crowd, I mean, not that there was a huge amount of evidence, like I say, apart from the big, you know, uh, taunt spots and the, you know, an odd move that he'd hit. Marty Scale would be the the man, get that big pop, even if you take the belt off him soon enough. Mm. Uh, but no, Matt Taven. And the crowd would be absolutely ecstatic for that to mm. be the case. Is he leaving tomorrow? No. Mm. So why not actually take, why not try and get some value out of him? Is it November mm. his contract's up? There's something like that, I think, yeah. 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 Exactly. There's plenty of time for the build, trying to build up Matt Taven. It won't work. That's the spoiler mm. in this one. But, you know, there's plenty of time to, to do that. Um, I say all this, it's not like I, I don't think I loathe Taven as much as, say, Joe does. Um, but he just doesn't have 
anything about him, does he? In terms of like you've you've talked about it at the start of, of we were talking about this match in terms of someone who, you know, it makes the world title feel like the TV title. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. And I always had that problem with Jay Lethal as well. I know. Yeah. By the way, Jay Lethal was in this match. Um, I right. say that he, he took the best bump of the match, the big elbow to the outside mm-hmm. was a fun moment. Uh, but yeah, that that was always my problem with Jay Lethal. Other people bought him much more than I did as a as a yeah. Ring of Honor World Champion, at least in his first reign. Uh, TV title level guy. Solid mid-card act. Uh, yeah. And that's LC Taven as well. Uh, a gatekeeper for people to get through to the to the top to the top flight stars. <laughs> there you that's, go. That's but at least being Ring of Honor. Yeah. Hey, that's it. But at least it wasn't on last JP. You know, uh, that, that, yeah. imagine that. <laughs> uh, I hope there wasn't even a discussion about that because, yeah, it was followed by the real main event of the night, uh, Okada and Jay <laughs> White. And you've uh, alluded to it a few times, JP. We are going to have Joe on the phone in a few minutes. So we'll uh, maybe save some of the, some of the Jay White visceral uh, <laughs> stuff for him. I was, I was thinking during this show, watching this match, I kept just thinking, God, Joe's in this crowd. He sat through this entire, this thing. You know, the terrible yeah. Ring of Honor booking. Some great matches, but some terrible Ring of Honor booking. Just imagine how he's going to react if, J- if Jay White retains. Um, oh. But to be honest, I mean, I struggle to get into this. Matt Taven and <laughs> Jay White leaving MSG as as your world champions. Mm. At, with, with Enzo and Cass having made a, an appearance during it. I can't oh. imagine what his reaction would have been. Doesn't bear thinking about it. I'd love to have seen it. Yeah, yeah, it it didn't happen. Uh, A match that I struggled to get into live. Again, Mm -hmm. it was getting very late in the night. We were closing on 5 o'clock. Joey Janela's Spring Break Part 2 was was due to start. Um, Maybe, you know, it's something that that personally I should should go back and watch again. Um, Didn't love it, though. I didn't feel like Jay White lived up to the the occasion. I I don't feel as hugely negative on him as some people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm also not hugely positive on him, and I'm not into him as a... As a main event act, and yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was it was a fine match. Uh, it was a New Japan main event. So I think uh, anyone kid themselves that Okada wasn't going to go out there and want to go thirty to forty minutes. Um, it was always happening with entrances. Um, yeah, well, I don't know what what did you make of it watching it a bit more freshly uh, freshly faced and, uh, and wide eyed this morning. <laughs> it felt to me rather like uh, to a degree like the match that Jay White had with Tanahashi when he became mm-hmm. champion something that was being built up into being an epic you know i think they do a really good job in terms of the video packages and building up jay white but but you've mentioned it there that main event presence um he doesn't have it he doesn't have it at the minute he he really doesn't he doesn't have it so you're engaged at the start of a match it still feels like you know the first 20 minutes or so in a in what is going to be a sort of jay white big main event match is going to be effectively filler before we get through to the clever counterpart mm. and that's i liked this but i have seen this match and slight variations on it many many times a mm. can kind of say do this match in his sleep but it's it's a match you see a carder quite regularly have if he's having a title defense i don't know so let's say against a goto it would be the it would be I imagine those might actually be a step above this, but just around that kind of level. I think I went sort of at four stars on it because it's a very good wrestling match. But does it feel like a big New Japan main event? Not really. However, they did give the people what they wanted in the sense of like it was the what it was big one moments. of one of those you know big moments that felt kind of impactful as well. 
and also as well having the kind of role of champions before it as well which for an american audience and, and for a western audience you know i'd love to see that i'm hoping we see an i uh, the copper box i'm hoping we see a, a world title uh, an iwgp world title defense if only to see the role of champions thing live because i think that's just such a great idea um so yeah overall uh, i'd go and watch it it what you know the sections those last sort of five ten minutes uh was great i was also reminded why 15 minutes of the dome for these two kind of felt good i imagine 20 is as much as you'd want to do this went what sort of 35 minutes yeah something like that yeah um... and you must have been suffering at that stage <laughs> i was yeah so i mean there's people much higher on this match than me there's people more higher on, on, on jay white than me um but yeah for me it was I think I went 3.75, mm. um, but yeah, I wasn't hugely uh, emotionally engaged into it. But again, you want to, you know, Ring of Honor, you know, kind of shit the bed on this night uh, as far as a, an advert for who they are. At least New Japan gave the fans who were there, you know, a big moment, a big old card, a win. I think, mm. you know, if Kenny had stuck around, it would have been Kenny he'd be beaten here um, rather than going to Tanahashi and then to Jay White and then to then to Okada. I don't think, you know, for the criticism we might level at him, it hurts Jay White in any way. I think he's had this little establishing run where mm-hmm. he can, you know, whether he can kick on with it. Um, I don't know, but they've established him as a, a guy who's in that main event mix. Mm-hmm. He'll probably get another title run at some point down the line. So I don't think that's uh, from a book point of view a negative either um and it does tie a bow in the in the long term okada story but i would guess jp that's uh that's something uh, we'll be talking about uh, quite a bit more on our on our weekly shows yeah we will be um there's a couple of uh, i just wanted to before we end up finishing on this as well i mean have you i, I wanted to bring up the point of um what goes on with their relationship now like because mm-hmm. we, we've joked about it ourselves and we've been quite explicit about saying about this Ring of Honor New Japan relationship. And we've kind of seen this card, and we've seen that that the high points on the card are very much New Japan related, and the low points in this card are very much Ring of Honor related. Um, do New how did do New Japan take themselves out of this relationship? Because I think there was a few points that that you had raised last night mm-hmm. there about like I think you said the hashtag Save Us Big Tone. <laughs> yeah that's it um, they should be they should seriously be going we we can't do business with these people their vision of wrestling is not anywhere close to the kind of acceptable for a big mainstream company i don't know i don't think i mean it might be a different new japan now with a good old harold in charge but i don't think new japan are reactionary in that way i think it's wishful thinking myself i think mm. they're going to react to business metrics they're going to react to that long-standing relationship they've got with Ring of Honor. I don't think they're, they're going to react necessarily to, um, to to metrics like that. I think it's going to be more more business um, with New Japan. And I don't think, you know, they've just sold out Madison Square Garden, Ring of Honor. I mean, we can all see the writing on the wall. We can all think that, you know, from a creative point of view and probably from a potential point of view, All Elite is, is the move we'd all want them to make. Mm. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. As as unfortunate as it is, and yet as much as I, I do want a big tone to come in and uh, and save us. Yeah, it, it just makes me think. I, I don't want them. The idea that they should have to rely on them either for a talent on New Japan cards they decide to run in the US. The production levels aren't New Japan quality. That's true. And, and I also think as well there is a risk if you're going to get 
people like Juice Robinson and David Finley involved in Ring of Honor storylines. I think there's a negative effect that can happen mm. um, from that as well. Because I think, you know, Juice, I think Juice has lost something in being involved in Ring of Honor. I think if Juice Robinson hasn't isn't in Lifeblood, isn't in Ring of Honor, and he comes out last night, he gets a great reaction. Mm. If it was just him coming out against Bully Ray, it's just, oh, it's Juice Robinson. That's really cool. He'd have got a great reaction. But I think the Ring of Honor stuff tarnishes him. Mm. Yeah, it's, and, yeah. And, and there hits a point. Nah, it's saying there hits a point, because clearly there hasn't hit a point for them. But, you know, they need to really kind of view where what Ring of Honor offer for them and i know you say like with the business metrics and everything else i don't know whether or not the global war shows are they going to be doing much business i mean new japan themselves need, are going to realize with the tickets for the dallas sale that mm. ring of honor aren't going to help boost that you know the announcement of i don't know kenny omega being on there i think that would have an immediate spike in interest mm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know, maybe the fact that you know access to Kenny and easier access to Kenny might be something mm. that pushes them. And I think, yeah, you know, you look at things like that. You know, if the ticket sales are bad and business is bad over in the US, I think that's probably more likely it's going to going to lead to to a potential change. Uh, I definitely don't think it's impossible. Um, and again, you know, if I was booking this on EWR, it's what I'd do. Uh, <laughs> well, someone's another. booking Ring of Honor and EWR because that's what he fucking looks like, doesn't it? That's it. Yeah, we need to find out. Yeah, who is at the at the bottom of all this? But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time for that relationship. And yeah, it was it was there for the whole world to see. And I don't think it's uh, it's just us who've uh, who've come to that conclusion, JP. No, that's it. So uh, I suppose before we move on, uh, is that is that your phone going again, JP? Oh, it is. Right, <laughs> sorry, mate. Better take this one again. Oh, let's uh, let's uh, let's throw to that then. And uh, yeah, live from New York, it's uh, it's Rev Joe. Hello, Joe. How you doing, mate? Uh, struggling a little bit today. Uh, the adrenaline's wearing off a little bit, but uh, me and my girlfriend now. She arrived last night, and I'm sure she'll give me a kick up the arse, and it'll be fine. <laughs> and you're going to be uh, absolutely buzzing. Uh, what are you doing right now? Um, I'm sat on a bed. She just put something on a Netflix. So if you heard a noise in the background, that was me telling to turn it off. Um, I'm, we're off for a day in Brooklyn, and we're going to see Network with Brian Cranston on Broadway this Ooh. afternoon. So should be a nice day. You know, fucking, off, fucking off WrestleMania. Look, I've, looks awful. I've done, I've done enough of wrestling. <laughs> yep. Let's get on to the to the reason why we're while we're talking. You were at Ring of Honor. New Japan G1 Supercard. Um, mm. Thoughts? Just um, say what right. you think. Where do you start? Uh, so, some New Japan bright spots. It was amazing seeing Will Ospreay in front of that many people and seeing him get over and seeing his stuff work in front of that many people. It was weird as, you know, we used to see him in front of 700 people, 500 people, 200 at the cockpit, and here he is in a sold-out Madison Square Garden. That was kind of weird but great, and it felt so right as well. Um, great seeing like the Rev Pro title up on the big screen of Madison Square Garden, seeing Zack Sabre Jr. and Andy Quilden there as well. That stuff was great. Um, seeing a title change and seeing the kind of list of champions that they put up before any match in New Japan mm. was also awesome, getting to see that. And seeing Okada get a big win was amazing. Fuck Jay White. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> consistent, keep it on brand. Um, and Naito Ibushi was obviously a major, major highlight. I think that'll end up being the match of the weekend. I can't see how anything can beat that. And it was a hugely emotional moment. But, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> I think the bad kind of outweighed the good in many ways, which yeah. sucks. And I had an amazing day yesterday. Um, it was a lovely day, beautiful day in New York, 20 degrees, a uh, day full of joy and merriment as I walked around Prospect Park and just generally <laughs> strolled around Brooklyn, took in the uh, kind of nice vibe and atmosphere. I was thinking, I could live here. This is a bit of me, this is. And then I got to Madison Square Garden, saw a great Will Ospreay match, and then Ring of Honor ruined the fucking day because they are the worst, most uncool company right now in professional wrestling. And the sooner they fuck off and die, the better. I hope Tony Khan was watching that show last night and he got a phone call from Harold Mage who walked out of the show and said, Tony, we need you, pal, because that was an absolute joke of a show. On the biggest stage, some of the shite they called the beautiful people reunion like yeah they're not even they're not even beautiful if you ask me not my type that's for sure and now they're pushing milf status like they're clutching at straws when it comes to that lot and were they any good in tna i don't know because i wasn't really watching it i couldn't even remember their name when they came out you had to remind me when i was texting you <laughs> absolute fucking joke and why why are they there oh because bully ray is gonna have them or one of them, probably. Then we get this Enzo and Cass bullshit as well. Before the Tanahashi's at match, Tanahashi walks out as they're taking Enzo and Cass out. Delirious is a fucking joke. Honestly, do you know who that bloke is? I've got a comparison for you. It's a bit out of left field, this one. Do you know who he is, mate? Yeah, who is he? He's Mike Ashley and Ring of Honor <laughs> and Newcastle United. <laughs> He's just there. He is just there forever. He never goes away. He just stays there doing the same old shit. And shit never changes. Yeah. The Young Bucks and Omega, they're those players that were like, what am I doing here? I can do so much more elsewhere. And they got the fuck out of Dodge. And they've got Marty Scal there as Johan Kabai. And it's inevitable that he's going to be off sometime soon because he just needs to get out of there because he feels so kind of... He just stands out as someone who doesn't fit the promotion at this point. What of all his mates being elsewhere? It's like Graham Carr, dad of Alan, went and did some scouting over in France. They managed to make a profit <laughs> and now they're left with all the fucking dead weight. Absolute shite. But just so long as well. Six hours of this absolute tripe. From the entrance music the Ring of Honor guys have to the look and the presentation of the place. Like, they are so painfully uncool and so behind the times. It's quite unbelievable. Ah, oh, what a joke. So... <laughs> I don't blame you for that. I've been prepared for for you you to say that i mean as a live experience how was it how did it come across live how would you gauge people reacted to a lot of things that happened that night and there's a there was a lot there uh yeah just to be quick about it uh people were into osprey in a major way um people were into the night of abushi match in a major way not that many people were into the ladder match people hated matt taven like just thought he was fucking shit 
and they were right. Um, <laughs> the Bully Ray beat-down squash thing got very little reaction. No one was into it. The Enzo and Cass thing confused people. Tanahashi Zack was kind of ruined because people were on their phones trying mm. to find out a work or a shoe. It was clearly a fucking work because the security guards didn't storm the ring. Mm. Um, come on. Did you know uh, it was them straight away as soon as... Yeah, I could see, I could see Enzo just out of nowhere. I mean, I saw Cass because he stands out because he's like seven foot tall. (laughs) (laughs) So I could see him pretty clearly. I was like, oh. Heard he looked in bad shape. I couldn't see in that much detail, to be honest with you, mate. Um, but whatever. Um, yeah, it just happened. I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, the women's match on this show was terrible. The problem was with a lot of the Ring of Honor stuff, it was so long. It took mm. so fucking long. It felt like a Ring of Honor show that had guest spots for New Japan. It was like they managed to get New Japan on loan for the night to sell out Madison mm. Square Garden and <laughs> delude themselves into thinking that they sold out. The way that Carrie Silken entered as if he was stunned and couldn't believe that his little Ring of Honor had sold out Madison Square Garden. Carrie, stop fooling yourself, man. I've got a lot of respect for you, but that, you're absolutely fooling yourselves. It was like I was at a wedding of people that just... <laughs> don't actually love each other and they're trying to convince one another that they really do love one another and everyone there's happy for them but everyone knows that this relationship is going to be destructive and it's not going to go well and this is what this was a fucking joke of an evening where ring of honor ruined everything this should have just been new japan pure new japan because all the new japan stuff it worked and people liked it but ring of honor need to just be put on the scrap heap right now. WWE need to buy the rights. We need to get an epic Ring of Honor documentary that ignores everything past about 2008. Because <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> I suppose there was Rush, Rush Bandido. Oh, sorry, Rush versus Dalton Castle. Oh. Was that, was that <laughs> the highlight of the Ring of Honor stuff for you? <laughs> You're trying to get me going again, aren't you? So, I am. You know where this is going. And I'm not going to go into too much detail. I've got a lot of yeah, time. Sure. The, the bloke next to me was unbearable. He was unbearable. Big ECW fan of the 90s from Philly in his mid-40s. Absolutely pissed a fuck when he got there. Like, he was drinking for the old show. 17 fucking dollars for a beer, but he was chugging them. Dalton Castle comes up. It's Dalton Castle! It's Dalton Castle! Do you like Dalton Castle, man? Nah, not really, mate. Not for me. You don't like Dalton Castle? Dalton Castle's the big fucking bang theory of wrestlers. That's what he is. He's fucking shit. Studio-based American sitcom. Lowest common denominator <laughs> bullshit that I ain't watching. He didn't understand how I loved Zack Sabre Jr. He's too skinny, man. He's to drink a damn protein shake. Zack Sabre Jr. is, I don't know, compared to him, the brass eye of fucking comedy. <laughs> compared to Double Castle. Oh, I was so fucking happy when he lost in three seconds. I was absolutely pissing myself. And I thought, right, this is going well. It didn't go so well after that. But the bloke next to me was so angry that Dalton Castle left. Uh, sorry, Dalton Castle lost. He got up and left and ran to the ran to the bar. I was like, fuck this. Treating Dalton Castle like that at MSG. Oh, it was hilarious. Then he kept asking me if I liked the Briscoes. Do you like the Briscoes? You get to see the Briscoes tonight? I'm like, I've seen them quite a few times, which he couldn't seem to grasp. Have you seen the Briscoes before? Yeah, probably like ten times. Really? Like, Yeah. 
Then they came out, it's the Prescott's body! Mm. Kept slapping me on the back, didn't know his own strength. I might have to see a fucking chiropractor today. My back is feeling <laughs> that sore from his relentless slaps, honestly. Oh, and when Matt Taven won, he was so angry, he got up and left, and he didn't even say bye. I was so happy I could watch that main event without him there bleating on in my ear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sounds spectacular. Um, it's not I exactly, exactly analysis, this, is it? It's just me getting shit off my chest. Uh, mate, treat it that way. Treat it as a therapy session. Um, any final thoughts? I know you've not got much time. Um, any final thoughts on the show? Um, I don't know what else you could possibly add on to it. Um, it's definitely been tainted for you by the Ring of Honor stuff. Yeah, it's a massive, massive shame. Um, Jay White Okada, I like the last 10 minutes. It, the show went on forever. Mm. It felt like the wrong, it's a New Japan main event. I get why they did it, yeah. but it felt like the wrong style and match at that time. The crowd were very tired, but people got into the Okada stuff. No one cared for Jay White. Seriously, the Jay White thing. Were you in happy company then for that, for, for when he came out? Say that again, mate. Were you in good company with people just booing him out of the building and you were able to join in? Oh, I didn't give Jay White any any response, mate, because that's what he, he's shy. I ain't giving him a response. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just confused. He's not shy. That's too far, um, especially compared to some of the shite on this card. Yeah. But I just don't see him as a main eventer still, and it didn't feel like he belonged in this position at all. And when this could have been a card or Omega, that was at the back of my mind for the whole match. And we had Kenny Omega replaced by Jay White. Like, you've sold your star striker there, and you've not replaced him. That's what this comes down to. Um, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed seeing Okada win. I did pop in a big way for Okada. I was cheering on Okada. I was cheering on Ibushi. Um, the guy next to me didn't understand Ibushi at all. Like, I don't think he'd ever seen the Bushi match. Um, but Nido! I like that Nido! Like, okay. Cool. Um, but it was great seeing Ibushi's big win as well. That was a great emotional moment on a night that, yeah, there was some good stuff oh. from you. And the ring on a, ah, uh, just die. Go away, please. <laughs> and on that note, we'll let you go. Cheers, mate. Okay. Okay. En- enjoy the rest day, of your mate. trip. Yeah, and you enjoy WrestleMania. I don't know if I will. Cheers, you mate. Try. <laughs> Speak to you later. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Uh... Terrible segue again, JP. Oh, I don't know. Uh, so bad. At least that, we're, hope, we're not willing to change it or improve <laughs> upon it. So hopefully, hopefully this time. Hopefully this time I've edited it right, uh, and we don't get the overlap of the two clips that the I think the first twenty or so people who downloaded the episode, last episode got. Mate, I'm tired. It's been three days of podcasts. Uh, yeah. they, should be, they should be grateful as any editing done at all, for God's sake. <laughs> There you go, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, obviously, Joe uh, is uh, not going to be heading to WrestleMania. Uh, no, he's he's got better things to do. Uh, he's kind of, I think, he's decided not to, uh, not to. You know, he's over there for, for for Mania weekend in some ways, but he's not letting WWE rule his life. I I appreciate that about him. I appreciate that he's uh, he's gonna he got a got a decent amount of money for his Mania tickets, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he was telling us as well off air. Um, he's done well, Joe. And, and he's uh, off. He's not like us. He's fans. off to a Broadway show tonight with his with his fiance with his fiance. So I can imagine he's just thinking, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, he was very clear about this that mm. that WrestleMania was really a one match card for him, and it wasn't the one match that most other people would necessarily suggest it was all about the Miz versus Shane McMahon (laughs) I I think I could see him just avoiding large swathes of that show and just going yep that's it 
But then he was also saying as well, you know, there's the possibility that it might rain. It's cold. It's eight hours outside. You know, it's it's going to be horrendously long for us to take on board. But imagine just like being outside. It's going to get colder as well later on. Yeah. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. No, me neither. But yeah, uh, Joe's obviously uh, got better plans than us. We'll be watching it. But yeah, Joe didn't uh, head to uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break, which mm. is the the show after Ring of Honor, the show that, that that did keep me up until half eight in the morning. JP, I did stay up and watch this one. We've got about ten minutes left, so absolutely <laughs> worth talking about. Uh, so is it? We could probably talk about this one in more broad terms than uh, we talked about the first part <laughs> of, of Jello Spring Break. I've got to say, part one of Joey Janela's Spring Break was uh, my absolute highlight of the of the weekend. I think with most shows in the books now, with a couple of VODs that I'm still going to watch, I think I'd I'd stand by that call. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't think the second show was was quite up to that standard. It was still fun though. Um, I'm glad I watched it live because I don't think I would have been able to get through the clusterfuck battle royal on VOD. It was fun. It was a fun watch live watching it with people oh, reacting oh. to the different people coming out and you know me popping for homicide coming out and yeah colby carino of all people being in there crowbar of all people being in there it was a an endless endless list of names um but but still fun you know still uh still worthwhile um at least from a live point of view but yeah i don't know what did you uh, overall uh make of uh of that uh the second joey janelle show uh, similar to you, uh, the first card I'd say of the of the three cards of the weekend so far for me that I've seen anyway are the um, the, the first uh, part one for this uh, the blood sports show at NXT Takeover. This one, knowing full well that it was going to be dominated by the clusterfuck, I kind of felt like all right, this is it's silly season for this. There, there's nothing you're not going to get the kind of great matches they had yesterday, and I think they did learn something pretty good from having this split into two cards of at least they had entirely different personalities i mean everyone at this particular show seemed shit-faced like Mm. they did they seemed absolutely off their box and i enjoyed when it first started joey janela running out and the first thing he does is he grabs the camera and yells fuck you okada for (laughs) his match running late because there were a few empty seats and people were still trying to get in and they'd had to delay the show at that point um yeah, the clusterfuck can be hard work after mm. a while. It's just like an hour and a half. Yeah, the biggest clusterfuck of all time. Yeah, the biggest clusterfuck of all time. There's like 60-odd people involved, they kept on saying. Um, and so really, yeah, it's a one-match It's a one match card. I mean, you stayed up live. Mm. Did you just find yourself sort of losing it at points watching this? Well, I felt when NWO Sting walked out, I did yeah. feel like I've, I've, I fell into a fever dream here. What's, uh, <laughs> what's going on? He just looks uh, like a mine, though. <laughs> he does, yeah, yeah. That's because he's got the old, the old, old school Sting makeup on that he doesn't even wear anymore. Uh, I, I still enjoyed it. I thought that was nice, a nice throwback to see him in there mixing it up with you know random uh, indie dudes, you know, in the same ring as a necro butcher uh, who looks like he's oh. aged about thirty years since the <laughs> since we all last. Look like Seth from Emmerdale. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> That's exactly what he looked like. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those matches where yeah, you, you never thought you would get that. You know, sexy Eddie being in there doing uh, full on naked spots with uh, with Joey yeah. Ryan was a a sight that uh, certainly woke me up. Uh, Did really impressive job managing to still cover his dick with his hands <laughs> as he was doing a moonsault. It didn't look like his first time. Yeah, he looked like he he was quite well versed in it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and he managed to managed to pull that off. Uh, yeah, it was what it was. It was a clusterfuck. Uh, 
I can't tell people to to run out your way to to check it out. Because uh, it, it felt like you had to be in the moment for this one. Yeah. Uh, maybe you know, have a couple of beers after after WrestleMania later, and uh, maybe at that point uh, throw it on. Uh, you know, let, no legs came out. He got he, he didn't he didn't really follow the book, and we planned out JP. The uh, he, he eliminated them from the battle royal with no mention of the fact that he actually you know he. He's, he's got no legs so how can he be eliminated yeah um that was a bit of a shame and a missed opportunity not to uh to go back and have a bit of a payoff uh, for his big loss uh on the first part of Janela's spring break but i think all in all they, they gave the crowd what they wanted and it felt like it was just a half the wrestlers in the ring were just sitting around having a chat for most of it it just felt oh. like everyone in the business who was who was there for the weekend who had nothing else to do was just backstage and they just came out and they did the clusterfuck um yeah they... it, it was what it was how long was Necro Butcher in there for? Because he was the number one in there, and yeah. he was there for like what felt like an hour. Yeah, he did, but there were definitely parts at... where oh, he... he might he as well just be down. sat and having a beer. Yeah, him and Eric Cannon just having a nice chat about the good old days in the Indies. Uh, <laughs> I can't get mad at that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the most random selection of people and these sort of strange storylines that that were were coming along as well. I have to say, starting off with sort of Necro Butcher and Nick Gage as your opening two. Now, I mean, I think Nick Gage was shit faced as well during this, but um, he looked it at various points. But it was a really good moment for that crowd who who really loved that as well. And there was that punch exchange. I think there's that guy Schlack who I think mm. might have neo-nazi links and he was doing this um alleged let's not get sued again jp oh okay (laughs) he did a punch exchange with necro butcher that just went on for ages um because the people were coming out randomly it's not like they're sticking not like there's a countdown it's just be music would hit and someone would come out um and it took so many bizarre turns this match the idea that um marco stunt has a little brother who is is he smaller than him he's certainly like yeah, it looked about the same size. Oh, it was kind of like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, it's good yeah. to see Team White Wolf in there again. Yeah, they, they got a couple of spots off. They did. They got a couple of spots in there. Teddy Hart. Like you say, it's, it's just crime time. <laughs> that was they, got, they got the Road Warrior pop. They got like the, It was like Animal and Hawk walking out. <laughs> it really was, wasn't it? And, <laughs> and lots of people you kind of remember from, yeah, is it Grim, Re- Grim Reefer as well? <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, but the end was very very odd that's the thing again i was tired and it was late and there were people i was following along on twitter who, like me weren't sure it's not was that the end like they had all the women come out and uh basically uh hang joey janella uh, against the ropes and and kind of take out pretty much the entire field beforehand uh women taking over that's kind of the story of radio weekend i get what they were going for i don't know yeah. if it landed an execution but again it's a clusterfuck uh, i don't know if we you should probably expect a logical booking at the end of the day that's true i mean it's it's quite a quite a nuanced and and good postmodern take on how to end a show with the women taking over whether yeah. that nuanced take works in front of a lot of people who are pissed then I don't, or in in our case, is incredibly tired at various times, having seen all that wrestling. It's something you know whether not it would it really worked. It didn't work for me. Mm. I'm just admirable though. Janella tries this stuff, mm. and there's so much goodwill. I, I'd sooner he tried to end the match like this than just I suppose have I don't know just somebody st- a standard winner of it. He's he's trying to do different things with wrestling, and this in and of itself, it looks like it'd be great fun to be at if mm. you're 
especially well if you've sat through a six hour ring of honor new japan show before <laughs> it could be like hard work but i suppose it is the complete antithesis of this isn't it it's like yeah. the orange cassidy show that you were talking about at the start mm. it's stuff that isn't really professional wrestling at a lot of points no, that's it and yeah that, that's what this show was you know that was the the main match on the card i mean the undercard not a huge amount to say about there was a jungle boy joey Janela match which was was fun big weekend yep. for jungle boy lovers theme people oh. will have heard that at the start of this episode uh nice weekend for him having a big win over joey Janela to to go with his a uh, win in the scramble yesterday there was a a nice moment with lax and the rock and roll express so Rich oh, Martin, yeah. the canadian destroyer of all oh. things um, I forgot all about that. that was amazing. Incredible spot worth seeing. Um, they put the LAX over and uh, tied the, their bandanas to the arms of LAX, which LAX seemed genuinely touched by. Santana was in tears, wasn't he? He really was, yeah. yeah. They obviously, they've said before, they really look up to Rock and Roll Express. They're a big reason they got into into wrestling, became a tag team. Uh, yeah, that was really nice. LA Park and Tanaka beat Seven Sages shit out of each other. That was nice too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a fun undercard all in all uh, to go with that clusterfuck battle royal, JP. It was. That LA Park match was better than the last one I'd seen. He still is absolutely gigantic, though. When he stood on that chair at the beginning doing the sort of chairman stuff, I was like, that's going to break. It's going to break any second. And he didn't somehow. I was quite impressed. Mm. Yeah, that's it. He's uh, some... He's, he's still wearing that. It feels like it, I know it's not, but it looks like he's still wearing his gear from 1996. And it's, it's, like, it's one of them, you know, when you put a bit of weight on and you you carry on wearing your medium t-shirts, even though your yeah. medium t-shirts definitely don't fit you anymore. That's kind of LA Park. Yeah, very much so. That's it. But yeah, all in all, a fun show, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> it maybe not as go out your way to see as we said at the start, like the, the first one was. But it it definitely wasn't the worst way to uh, to spend a few hours. <laughs> No, if you've bought it as part of one of the, the various packages on, on Fight, then you will have enjoyed it for for what it was. Um, but yeah, if you're watching one of the two cards, then certainly the part one is the one to, to go out of your way to, to watch. Absolutely. Uh, that's it then. Uh, any other thoughts <laughs> on uh, on that or, or anything else from the night, JP? Any regrets? Any uh, other stuff you think you're going to be uh, catching up on uh, after WrestleMania? Uh, it's, uh, I've got stuff in mind to catch up on on it. Um at time of recording, we've got approximately an hour and 45 minutes before we get to uh, watching the pre-card for oh, God. Mania. Um, and good luck. I If I make it through the pre-show, I'll be very impressed because I'm feeling it today. Yesterday was the longest I managed to stay up during it. And I think it was partly because of the, the chat that was going on around this Ring of Honor card was something <laughs> incredible to be there to see. A whole group, very much like, say, a hive mind, but very much a group of wrestling fans, disparate group of wrestling fans going, this is shit. And you can, <laughs> they knew it was, and they were they were seeing through it 100%. That was quite great to see and be a part of. Definitely. And Joe's yeah. messages throughout it were just incredible. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of made the night, and that got me through. It was the, yeah. the communal aspect of uh, of yeah. trying to watch that Ring of Honor show that worked for me. But yeah, there's a few things I want to catch up on. I still want to see yes. that uh, the six man with uh, Great Musa, Pentagon, and Tajiri mm-hmm. against LAX. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see that from the uh, the House of Glory show. Uh, I do want to catch up with the Hall of Fame. You know, Bret Hart getting a attack yeah. was a, was, a, was an unfortunate thing. Uh, I saw, as I was watching the Ring of Honor show, there was lots of news coming through about mm-hmm. Triple H throwing in. 
sly digs at, at AEW um, during the, the Hall of Fame speech, which did sound very funny. But what did he say? Apparently something about uh, Billy Gunn saying that Billy Gunn made a quip, I think, about how he can't uh, he can't get sacked, and then Triple H said, "Well, Vince is going to buy that uh, pissant company you work for, and then and fire you again." Uh, and it was just like you know, you, you trips okay. is put trips is putting himself into his what is pretty much at this point going to be his own Hall of Fame. Uh, and while doing, it, he's throwing some barbs at AEW. I don't think they'll mind though. I think they'll enjoy the publicity of it. Uh, but I really, I do want to catch up on that. The Hall of Fame's yep. uh, it's kind of got lost in the conversation for me this year, just because there's been so much mm-hmm. in ring wrestling to watch. But I do usually like having that on the background, so that's probably something I'm gonna uh, gonna try and watch after this 97 hour WrestleMania. <laughs> Good luck, mate, because I don't know how much more wrestling you're gonna be able to watch at the end as soon as Mania's over. You reckon you'll get it whole way through this card tonight? You reckon you'll get through it? I'm going to do it, mate, of course. I mean, I'm well trained now. I'll, I'll ask the ring of honor. <laughs> I can last the WWE card, mate. I can do that standard on my head. But I might, uh, yeah, might, might take a, a couple of nice IPAs just to uh, to get me in the mood. I think I'll need that. Good work. That's it. But yep, uh, we'll be talking that tomorrow uh, on our show. We'll uh, we're not going to. We probably won't do the match by match because you know the show will be about eight hours. But we'll go through our oh. highlights from WrestleMania. Uh, we're not usually a WWE centric podcast, but it's the biggest show of the year. We've got to talk it. We'll talk that. We'll uh, pick up on some other things that maybe we we missed over the last few days. Um, and that yeah, we can uh, we can talk all of that, and it will we'll finally have this uh, this mega weekend uh, over with JP. Um, but yeah, you can check out that podcast tomorrow. Check out my written reviews. I've been uh, written yeah. a little bit of writing for Post Wrestling, uh, recapping the uh, the best and worst of uh, days one and two at, uh, at postwrestling.com. Do check that out. Uh, I'll also be doing an article on uh, day three streaming and also talking about uh, Mania and just, like I said, on the for our podcast, about the weekend as a whole. Uh, download the Grapple app. Uh, you can find that in the Google Play Store uh, and also in the Apple App Store. As I mentioned on our last show, there has been an update. There was an update on Thursday day that cleaned up some of the ui there was a slight problem uh, which meant there was another update that came out on friday uh, so do make sure you've got the latest version uh, but yeah download the grapple app follow jp on twitter at jpgp follow me at benson richard e and tune in tomorrow for day four jp and we'll finally be done <laughs> thank god <laughs> right see you all tomorrow bye